You're listening to the Common Fan Podcast, a Husker football podcast for the common fan by the common fan. Welcome back to the Common Fan Podcast. Hey, what's better than listening to your favorite podcast? Watching your favorite podcast, of course. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at common fan GBR. And while you're there, hit that subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on any of the fun, frivolity, and hot Husker takes from the common fans. We are, of course, also available on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, and several other podcast streaming platforms. We are your fellow Common fans. I am TJ Burkle with Maddie Owens Sr. and Geoff in Lincoln. Good evening, gentlemen. Guys, we're going to jump right into it. You know, it feels, a, yeah. it feels a little early, but the off-season silliness, the chippiness, the rustling of Jimmy's, as some might say, <laughs> has, has already begun. Uh, did you see this thing? We got a couple examples of this, but did you see this thing with Dominic Rayola and uh, and Kirk Herbstreet? Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's some there's, there's some, things about it. Definitely, there's some Jimmy rustling going on. <laughs> and I think uh, underrated I think pro- term. Probably all of Husker Nation has has seen it right now or by now. But you know, if you were you know overly focused on the Super Bowl last week or something something like that, you may have missed it. Um, Check it out. It's all over all over social media. But basically, Dominic Raiola, the father of Dylan Raiola, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker, the savior of the program, uh, gives an interview where he says Kirk Herbstreet of ESPN, everybody knows Herbie, called him and said Dylan needed to go to Nebraska. So Dominic says in this interview, he kind of phrases it as like, here, here's one example of a guy who called me. And he said, quote, he got to do it. So he's saying Herb Street called him and said, he's got to do it. And he said, he got to do it multiple times. Dominic said in relaying what Herb Street said. So this causes a bit of an uproar. People are saying Herb Street, a member of the media, was advocating for a certain recruit to pick a certain school. People were saying it's unethical. People were saying it's tampering. So a day or two later, Herb Street goes on Paul Feinbaum's show to clarify. He says he said good things about Matt Rule, but never advocated for one school over another. Interesting thing, too. Uh, I, if I watched it correctly, I think Riola suggested that Herb Street called him and Herb Street suggested that Riola called him. So I don't know. I don't know who called whom. But they spoke. It sounds like yeah. Dominic Rayola, father of Dylan, and Kirk Herbstreet of ESPN spoke. And Herbstreet's telling of it on the Feinbaum show was, you know, he, he said, look, I, I know Dominic fairly well. We're not, like, good friends, but I know him well enough. Obviously, they have each other's numbers. And he said he gave him his honest opinion. And his honest right. opinion is that Matt Rule is a great coach. He believes Matt Rule is going to get Nebraska back to respectability. And there's that added element of Dylan, the kid, um, having grown up in a in a household of a Husker All American. You know, Dominic Raiola is basically Husker royalty. So how much more meaningful that is for the family. And then Herb Street ended it by saying, "Quote: If I'm guilty of anything, I said that Matt Rule is a good coach." 
and he's a good man. I believe that he will bring Nebraska back like the way he did Temple and Baylor, unquote. So this has kind of died down now that Herb Street has clarified, but I, I wanted to get your guys' take on this. Um, I have I have some strong opinions as as well, you guys. Are I think we're I think we're going to be on the same page on this one. I think it, it reeks it reeks of um, college football has been over for about a month, and the college football uh, nutsos out there are trying to create a story and create drama where there really isn't any story or any drama for me. It's like, Oh, Hey, thanks. Thanks a lot, Herbie. And basically, you know, right. advocating for our code. I mean, he's like, we've talked about this before. He's, he is like one of the main voices of college football now. And I think for Nebraska fans, we've, it's still pretty fresh in our minds when ESPN did that silly little, like who's the best team of all time tournament. And of course us Nebraska fans as, as amazing as we are, just absolutely dominated the online voting. And I think, what was it like th- three out of the four, three out of the final four teams were Nebraska teams, right? It was like 95, 94, and like 71. I don't think he was as right. mad about the 95, but I don't think he thought that 71 and 94 should be in there. But um, Nebraska fans haven't forgotten that. I don't, yeah. and to my knowledge, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Husker fans don't always love Herbie. Let's put it that way. No, yeah, for sure. no. And it really, for, for me, like I can't think of anything else really where that would have caused that, that animosity towards Kirk, but yeah. um, you know, it, it's just kind of interesting to hear him say, have some positive things to say about, uh, about. Well, yeah, I, I, I hope the Husker recruiting staff is taking that clip of Kirk Herbstreet saying that uh, Matt rule is going to bring the program back and yeah. sending it to every, every yeah. targeted recruit in the country. Yeah. Let's use it. Yeah. That's my, exactly. that's my opinion on it. Like I'm, it's been so long, but if we're getting mentioned in the national media by somebody like the likes of Kirk Herbstreet, I, I feel like we're doing something right. Like for once we're actually getting covered uh, nationally for, you know, positive reasons. We've got, you know, the, the number one pick uh, recruit in the country coming to Nebraska. So it just feels good that we're actually getting some sort of recognition right now. And the other thing is the way I looked at it, it's just, it's one man's one man's opinion. Like he's just a guy in my opinion right now, talking with another person about our program. He's not employed by the university of Nebraska. He's not employed by any university. Um, It's not against the rules. So that would be like, one of us just, if we were good friends with Dom saying, hey, it would be awesome if Dylan came here. That's not tampering. That's just a guy just spouting off his own opinion. I'm sorry he's famous, but he doesn't work. Well, for I mean, but for us, Jeff, it might be tampering. I mean, we're pretty we're pretty well-known. We're getting to that point. Common fan podcast. We're getting to that point where you know, when, we, when we get, influence people's opinions. When we get Dom on the phone and, you know, tell yeah. him what we think and try to, you know steer dylan uh straight down to or dayton uh, the young vine brother. street yeah yeah, yeah or I dayton. Feel like the only way we're gonna settle this is that, kirk i know you're listening right now just come on the show and we'll 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 put this whole thing to bed immediately yeah. we'll give you all the space you need i don't I want him on, i don't want him on the show unless he brings his dog ben um because that has made ben me like that would have that has made me like herb street more lately this is how he has the dog travel with him um kind of a, mm-hmm. a support animal and I enjoy that. It's a lovely I, dog. I, 
Well, side, side note, side note. I, I've always liked Herbie. I know he rubbed Husker fans the wrong way on that competition thing. To me, he's one of the voices of Fall Saturdays. He's one he of is. the voices of college yeah, football. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I love the guy. And as far as these suggestions that, you know, uh, he did something unethical or that's tampering, to me, this is a non-issue. It's dumb, right. dumb, dumb. Okay. First of all, Herbie didn't do anything wrong. Maybe, like, maybe you could suggest that he's a journalist and as such, you know, he, he should be impartial kind of thing, but come on. Like I would imagine, you know, like, like Herb Street said, they're not even good friends, but they have each other's numbers like college football among that group of probably players, former players and now like, and now it's probably a pretty small world. Actually, yeah. these guys probably talk and Herb Street is not, if anything, if, if there was a conspiracy, the ESPN's got the SEC, all these SEC games, and they own part of the SEC network. If anything, if, if there was a conspiracy, Herb Street would have been advocating for the kid to go to Georgia, not to right. go to Nebraska. The Big Ten games aren't on ESPN at all anymore. And so, like, that's ridiculous. Like um, you said, Matt, it's not tampering. Like, tampering is when a student is enrolled at one university and a representative of another university exactly. reaches out to them and says, hey, you seem unhappy there. You should come play for us instead. That's tampering. The yeah. kid hadn't signed anywhere. Any one of us could have weighed in and tried to encourage him where to sign. It doesn't matter. That's nothing wrong right, with that. Right, right. You know what um, tam and, tampering and, and, and let me tell you, like, uh, um, uh, who's the Michigan guy? Why am I blanking on his name? On, on College Game Day. Desmond Howard. Desmond. Um, I was going to say, everybody talks about Herbie and him being a great guy. I, I, he is the voice. I can't stand Desmond Howard though. Well, I was going to add that. If, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. We all feel the same way, but if the university of Michigan literally wanted to bring Desmond Howard in for a recruiting event, we'd all be annoyed by it, but there wouldn't be, it wouldn't be against any rules as far as no, I know. Right. No. And furthermore, furthermore, like Riola shared that example as a way of saying like, here's a very well-respected guy in the college football community who thought it was a good idea. But do you think, do you think the Riolas made their decision because of what Kirk Herbstreet said? No, no. not the, the 18 year old kid didn't make that decision. And the father didn't base their decision on that. Neither. Of no, them did. no. You know, right? who did, you know, who did tamper our, our neighbors off to the East Iowa. Yeah, they that, actually that, proc, that proctor kid that was, that went to Alabama, Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. He, exactly. he, yeah. They contacted him in season. That's tampering. Exactly. You want to talk exactly. tampering? Go talk to go talk to Kirk Ferentz. You know they've broken. They, they, you know they they like to present themselves as squeaky clean, clean but they've right. had they've had plenty of issues in recent years. Right. Yeah. They've had plenty. <laughs> oh of yeah. Issues. Plenty of them. <laughs> but it's just like you to your point, Matt. You know, you said this is just people looking for a story, but this one was so silly to me. It felt like the kind of thing that pops up in like June or July when there's absolutely nothing going on and everybody's just hankering for college football. So it felt like silly season started early. Um, but another thing on that front boys, and we might be, we might be borrowing trouble here. We might be, be generating something where there's not, not something here, but um, coach rule uh, national signing day was Wednesday of last week. And Huskers had a great class. We're going to get into that, but coach rule gave a press conference. And there was lots of stuff that is, is team-related, recruit-related, coach-related, Husker football-related that was part of that press conference. But one like little tidbit that jumped out to me that I thought was really interesting was, and I don't think, I, as far as I've seen, it hasn't made a lot of news or it hasn't generated much conversation, but we are going to talk about it. So yeah. Rule, Rule, in talking about his and his staff's recruiting methods, says, quote, we're not flashy. 
we don't show up in designer cars, end quote. Now, you know who does (laughs) use designer cars to do photo ops? You know who uses Lamborghinis to do to to take photos with recruits on recruiting visits? I don't know. TJ who? Joe Paterno. <laughs> oh, wait, he's dead. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming, Matt. I didn't see that one coming. All right, All right, right um, Coach Prime. Coach, Coach Prime. Prime. Yeah. That was Can my I second just... guess. That was and my second you, guess. You know what he says? You know what he says when the Lamborghinis show up on campus for the photo shoots? He says, We ain't coming no more. We here. We here. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Every yeah, time, every time we talk I, about, I Prime, hope, yeah, I was gonna say, I hope you do that every time we talk about yeah. Prime. Pardon exactly. my my ignorance. I, I drive a 2016 Ford Escape, but do they is is it do they really call them designer cars? Well, that's what that's what uh, that's what Rule said. <laughs> fair point. I don't think people actually call them designer cars. That's a fair point, but we will not criticize Coach Rule for that, Jeffrey. Sorry, and, Coach. Um, but so so you remember, you guys remember last year, there was all this drama. And it was largely generated by Dion and his son, Shadur. So last year, Rule made a comment about embracing the team he inherited and and how he wasn't going to go to the transfer portal. And meanwhile, Dion loaded up his team with, I don't know, 80 plus transfers or something like that. Yeah, he was bringing, he was bringing his own luggage and it's right. Louis. And it's Louis. Louis. And it's, right, right. And Design, then, designer luggage. So there was that. And then there was that little thing uh, right before the Nebraska-Colorado game the Husker team like prayed at midfield or whatever they were doing, reflected, whatever. And Shadur thought they were, I don't know, stomping on the, the logo or something. And Shadur got all upset. And so after the game, both Coach Prime and Shadur talked about being disrespected and how the other coach had disrespected Coach Prime, blah, 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 blah. I thought that was a bunch of malarkey. Bull junk. Bull junk. Exactly, boys. <laughs> um I, t- I totally don't believe there's anything intentional by rule. He never named coach prime by name. He just said, we're embracing the team we have. I thought that was a, a message to his team. I kind of wonder though, if this one was a little bit more deliberate on coach coach rules part. And I kind of wonder if they feel pretty good about the team that they have and they can't wait to get Colorado in Lincoln. On I think September so. 7th. I think so. Um, and I'm here for it. I love it. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a it's a classic border border rivalry, and I I like this stuff like happening in in this time of year when we when by the time we when we talked about this on our way too early show with Charlie, like that game is there's going to be so much hype and build up to that game, and I am here for it, sure. and this just helps. Um, yeah. I, I'm with you. I think I think that I think Rule might have been a little bit felt a little bit disrespect himself after the fact after yeah, the way just, that Dion and and Shadur handled it annoyed and, having his and annoyed yeah. yeah 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 like give me a break so I think I think he is kind of ticked off about how it went last year and he's gonna have the boys ready to roll uh this think, September this is college football now unfortunately this is not unfortunate it's actually pretty awesome but I I, I don't want to give Dion credit but he did kind of change the way coaches act in the public and now I feel like it's more commonplace for coaches to like, but not even subtly sometimes, but take shots at each other like publicly. Um, and I agree with Matt. I'm here for it. I think it's kind of fun and adds a little entertainment in the off season that is oh so desperately needed now that the uh, NFL is over and we're entering soon to be dog days of summer when there's not a lot of stuff going on. So yeah. it gives us something yeah. to talk about. I, yeah, I like that stuff, guys. Like I think it's fun. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of old fashioned. I mean. 
I feel like, and, and you see it in a, in a lot of professional sports now too, especially I see it in the NBA and it drives me nuts. Like all those guys are so chummy and they're so friendly. I mean, yeah, right. Have a backbone. I was, I was on, shit. I was on Twitter, Instagram a week or so ago. And then there was like a, like a mid to late eighties, like NBA highlights. These guys are just taking each other out and like fist fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like and Larry Bird's throwing a ball, a basketball at Bill Ambeer's head. Cause he, <laughs> cause he fouled him too hard. Like, Let's stop being so dang nice. Like, uh, you know, the the great players of all time didn't like weren't like hugging their opponents pre and post game. Like, yeah. you know, like they like. I remember Tom Brady saying something like, "I I I just had this thing where I would like convince myself that I hated my opponent and I wanted to do everything I could to beat them." I love that. I mean, yeah, you can yeah. think that during and after the game be a good sport. You don't have to be a jerk after the game, but I I like right. this like this headbutting this this war of words. I love it. And let's be honest, it's Colorado. There should be no love lost between no. the two. Screw right? it. And, there should be chummy with them. Exactly. And we we hate them. They hate us. It is what it is. We should embrace it. And I go back and forth on this one, guys. I know you know we've already done our way too early schedule predictions, and we'll probably do two or three more of those before the season starts. And I know on the on the on that episode, I sort of said this one makes me nervous, and I'm angry that we always kind of in recent years we've kind of let them hang around, and we've let them win games they shouldn't have. So sometimes I feel that way, but other times I just feel like we're gonna just beat them like they're our little brother, and we're gonna run them out of the stadium in Lincoln. I really kind of think that's entirely possible. Yeah, I think so. There's gonna be some hard hitting yeah. in that game. I know that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think absolutely. Part of me thinks like I'm talking about these. Coaches taking Jack Dion kind of like you're saying Dion kind of gets it though, like he was last season he he was riling up that team that has had no connection in Nebraska whatsoever, but made them convince them that it was personal with us for no apparent reason whatsoever. So which is he, which he is gets so, that you know like I I don't obviously I don't like that, but it's kind of brilliant. I mean when you're trying to get your guys totally. up to play a game yeah. that like, there's no emotional connection to, and you know they're like probably 80% of his team had no idea that Colorado and Nebraska used to be rivals like they were. Right. So right. absolutely, Jeff. So, and I, yeah. by the way, Jeff, I'm, I'm kind of picking up like, like that you might kind of like coach prime. It seems like you're just, you've kind of got some, I did uh, say I, I, I am, I'm that guy when we were on that coaching hunt before we hired rule, I remember thinking I want the flashy hire. I want, I want yeah, Mr. Hollywood here. Yeah. Even after you. Yeah, I know. I like. I, I wanted Urban Meyer for a while. I'm not going to lie to you. So I apologize for nothing. All right? Well, I mean, we think we all, all of us could have convinced ourselves that Urban Meyer would have been, yeah. would have been a good hire. But right, yeah. Set aside your morals for a couple more national championships. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hey, we've done it before. Level. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right, we're going to get into much more relating to signing day and Coach Rules press conference in just a moment. We have lots more to discuss. So while you're listening. Why don't you go ahead and start prepping your burgers, your fresh steaks, your beef ribs, whatever your dish of choice is from Certified Piedmontese. Certified Piedmontese is premium Nebraska beef raised and grazed by Nebraska ranchers in the beautiful Sandhills region of the state. You can get your favorite delicious cuts as well as mouthwatering hot food to go at your local Mercado Butcher Shop in Lincoln at eight, excuse me 30th and Yankee Hill Road or at 84th and Havelock or in Omaha at 162nd and Maple. 
If you're like me and you live out of state, you can go to cpbeef.com to get certified Piedmontese products shipped right to your front door. However you get it, however you eat it, don't miss out on this premium Nebraska beef from certified Piedmontese fueling the Husker football team, fueling the Common Fan podcast. Boys, did you cook up any uh, certified Piedmontese beef for the Super Bowl yesterday? Oh, yeah. And I know Jeff did, too. It was it was fueling the Geoff and Lincoln house party yesterday for the Super Bowl. What'd you four make? Pound, four pound chuck roast. Threw that on the smoker for about I want to say six hours, give or take. We got that mm. internal temp to about two hundred. Uh, ideally, you want to get it there so it rips apart nicely, almost kind of like a pulled pork thing. And then we made these. They were called Mississippi sliders, and threw them on a bun. And we had some au jus sauce to go along with it. So it was almost Ooh. like a French dip roast combination. Freaking delicious. And I, I'll tell you this, my kids, uh, some I think one of my kids might be a vegetarian. I don't think she's ever going to eat meat. She eats chicken <laughs> strips and that's about it. Nothing else. And even when we made this, they ate it. And so I'm not just blowing smoke. They actually ate it and had multiple helpings of it, which made me feel good. But, you know. Piedmontese is doing something right if they can get my picky ass kids to eat something. <laughs> so kudos to them too. It's awesome. Delicious. Daddy-o, what'd you I make? That. I'd use some uh, <clears throat> certified Piedmontese ground beef mm. and made some, uh, made a King's Hawaiian pretzel bun sliders, uh, Was it, which was actually quite fun. Um, yeah, one of those things where I saw this, this gentleman on Instagram making them and I thought, you know, I could do that. I could try that. So I just put the ground beef into the, you use the, reuse the tray that the King's Hawaiian pretzel buns come in, put the ground beef in there, season it all up on the top and then just flip it onto the grill and don't separate the buns. And you just got this huge ground beef patty. Yeah. And then then throw it on the, throw it on the giant King's Hawaiian pretzel bun and then cut it into little sliders the the kids and i just absolutely loved them nice can i just um, say i love a good pretzel bun good oh Lord. yeah people that hate me for it but i love a good pretzel bun yeah well i Dang i got it i uh i was uh i was uh, traveling as my i was at my cousin's wedding in oklahoma city over the weekend so i watched most of the super bowl at the seattle airport so i did not have any tasty beef dishes but owens that that reminded me like i think i have i must have clicked on enough food things on Instagram now that I don't even see pictures from friends anymore. It's just, just complete and total food porn. <laughs> and I absolutely love every minute of it. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I know. oh look at these, look at these chocolate chip cookies. Look at this, you know, whatever beef dish, look at this, whatever chicken dish. And I'm like, email, I all email these posts to myself so I can try to remember to make this stuff later. Like this stuff is all over Instagram and it's like, it's addicting. Yeah. The other yeah. thing I made that was, uh, also an Instagram thing was this uh, Mexican street corn dip in a crock pot. Oh. I saw that. I saw that on Instagram. It, it looked amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. People they keep doing these things out there, people. You're just providing all of us common fans with incredible game what's, day food ideas. What's a street corn dip? I need elaborate, please. I need so, to know. Mex- you know, Mexican street corn, you see, sometimes you see it on a stick. It's like a corn cob. And then it's just like slathered in like, uh, um, like mayonnaise, butter. Man- well, I don't think mayonnaise, like a creamy thing. And then they put this like tahini seasoning on it. It's like the yeah. orange seasoning. The, season, the seasoning is just like crack. Yeah. And so it's basically, it was two cans of like Baja style corn, uh, two things of cream cheese, 
quarter cup of sour cream um and a block of pepper jack and then just then just let it melt in there and keep stirring it oh it's fantastic artery clogger though yeah, but no it, doubt. isn't there, no all doubt. the super bowl food you eat is, is uh GF, not good for you that's part of the fun yeah, exactly gf looks like he's about to comment but I, before you do that chef I got to ask you, we got an email from uh, Lucas, common fan Lucas, who's a loyal listener. Uh, he sent uh, he sent a picture of this new Valentino's pizza ice cream. Ah, Valentino's. Uh, and he says, eat your heart out, Jeffrey. So I'm just wondering, Jeff, if you had any any Valentino's uh, flavored ice cream for the Super Bowl. Oh, God, I, I can only imagine if it's Valentino's flavored ice cream, it's probably like $30 for a gallon, I'm assuming, right? Oh, yeah. I don't I'm know, George you. Costanza. George, Cos George Costanza strikes again. But, I, I've seen this type of stuff before, and it's just, it's a gimmick. Like, what? Of course I mean, it's, it's a gimmick. It's disgusting, though. Like, I think real, we should like, try. I think we should get some, and I think we should try it next no, time. No, I'll throw up. I will throw up. I'll like, try it. I, oh, my God. Dude, like, who makes it? Is it uh, um, Creamery? It's 402 Creamery, I think. How's which is that they have fantastic ice cream. Just they do. What the hell? They should cream. know better. Well, you know, they're. I think, did they do a Runza one too, maybe? I don't know. Or was it Chili maybe. and Cinnamon Rolls ice cream? I think they did. Uh, that, none of that you know, stuff ever actually sounds appealing to me. Like when you're when you're mixing like something like pizza and ice cream. No. It, like it is, it is a, it's a promotion. It's a gimmick, obviously. Oh, absolutely. But I'm curious enough that I'd be willing to like try it. And I, I would love to like do a segment where we make Jeff eat like an entire bowl of it or something like that. But um, I mean, we can, I'm, I'm willing to try it, but I can guarantee that I'm going to projectile vomit all over my keyboard. So if you guys, if you guys are into that and you want to see that happen by all means. I'm, I do, I do want to see, I do want to see yeah. that. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into Same it. Same thing with the uh, street. Corn. Hey, you're, I don't... you know, with your luck, the cat will come by and just lick it all up anyway. <laughs> oh my God. Cat out of this. You leave Dottie <laughs> out of this. She's a good girl. She's a sweetheart. Um, Mexican street corn. I, I knew that's what you were talking about because me and Ashley went to the hay market for um, the farmer's market. And I kept seeing these people in like, 90 degree heat walking around corn. with corn on a stick it was mayonnaise it was not butter dude it might it's not mayonnaise like, come on it's not mayonnaise what, it's what, not mayonnaise what, what is it then it's it's gotta be something it's like some tangy stuff that shouldn't be just sitting in 90 degree heat you're it's such so a sick. you're such a <laughs> you're sensitive sensitive little leprechaun Foodborne yeah. illness, Mr. Mr. Food Safety over here. <laughs> it's so good, Jeff. Just try it at some yeah, like at sure. some point it in is, your life. If you need to go good. when it's you know if there's a threshold below sixty degrees or something yeah. like that when you need to eat it. Well, when are you supposed <laughs> to eat corn in the dead of winter? That's not yeah. corn season. No, I'm just, I'm just, For God's sake, like, you've lived in Lincoln, Nebraska your entire life. I like adult corn. Life. I like corn. Right? I don't like lathering it and like anything that can go bad in like extreme heat dairy anything right. like that well find next time next this coming summer <laughs> find yourself find find a restaurant go inside where it's air conditioned thank and, you you know maybe take, take I, hate, a small I bite, hate eating outside i take a small there. bite to start and have yourself some street corn <laughs> eating right. outside, hey, eating outside. Uh, just, George, eating wife, hey we should sit up we should go going out to eat we should sit on that on the patio it's such a nice night i'm not eating outside can we i don't eat outside <laughs> What's wrong with just eating a plain corn on the cob? Is that so bad? Why do we have to put so many no. freaking things? Corn's good. I like corn. I just don't value 
putting a bunch of crap on top of it. I think it's a regional regional thing, Jeff. I think it's quite common in Mexico and Mm. probably the southern southern United States. Jeff, Um, look, that's a perfectly valid opinion, George Costanza. It's perfectly valid. (laughs) All right. It's kind of like a big Well, I'm glad everyone had their beef snacks and had a good Super Bowl. Uh, I know that everyone watched the game and um, and everybody has uh, has heard and seen and talked about it at this point. Do you guys have any? I mean, what, that was like going into it. I, I'm not, you know, I, I don't know how much we've talked about this. I don't care that much about the NFL. I don't have a huge distaste for either team. Um, I was just hoping to see a good game. I mean, I by side note, common fan podcast. I always say like I have room in my life for one team and they play on Saturdays. Um, so, but, but like, I want to see a good game. What a phenomenal game. I mean, that one's going to go great. down in the books. It was, it was an outstanding game. football game. It was extremely yeah, it was well good. played, well coached, um, you know, exciting ending, all that sort of thing. So that's all you can ever ask for. I can't stand the Super Bowls that are over by halftime. Oh yeah. 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 Maddie juniors kind of become a pretty big chiefs fan. I, we have, he and I have gone to a couple games. So I was, I was pulling for the chiefs, but you know, it's not, like you kind of alluded to TJ, it's nowhere near the um, manic quality. I remember you saying there's a manic uh, uh, quality of watching a game with you that it's not anywhere near that for me watching any NFL. Right. Um, exactly. You know, I have teams that I kind of root for, but if the, if those teams lose, it doesn't ruin my day. Right. Um, or your or your or your week or my week yeah. Yeah. month. Whatever exactly doesn't Whatever. send me into a spir- spiraling general. depression, <laughs> questioning the meaning of life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Why are we here? Why am I, I here? I thought- <laughs> Why God? <laughs> Why God what did is- my did my favorite team made up of teenagers have to lose this week? <laughs> I, I I thought it was a good game. I like the NFL personally. I suck at fantasy football, so I don't know why I like the no, NFL. You, you do suck. Ter- I am yeah. terrible at it. <laughs> You are God awful, awful. self admitted, but and you're also like the last guy to pay your dues. I, yeah, every, yeah. You know. True. Got to keep you, got to keep you guys, the commissioner, on his toes, right? Uh, uh, it was a fun game though. I enjoyed it. People give flack about Taylor Swift and the Travis Kelsey. Even that didn't really bug me that much. The entire season, it does, I don't it really, really has. Like, who cares? I know. I don't know why I, people were getting so bent about that, but it didn't bug me. I don't really dislike Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he talks a little weird, but. Like people get really, I don't know why people get so bent out of shape about his wife. Like, yeah, she can do some obnoxious things, but man, people take it personally. I think part of it is they know how good he is. They know how good the Chiefs are. And I, you know, when the Patriots were in there on their dynasty run, I wanted them to lose. Like every every Super Bowl they played, it's like they've won won enough. Now, like the Chiefs have won what three Super Bowls in five years? Like people are just sick of it already. And I've heard the 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 pushback on that is is like diehard Chiefs fans are like, "You're tired of us? Like we have sucked for so long. Like (laughs) just give us a little bit of time here. Like yeah, we've earned it, type of thing. So I I see it both ways, and I I enjoy the game. Um, there was a lot of the, the, not necessarily the, I thought the play for a little while was kind of sloppy, to be honest with you. A lot of turn fumbling. It was kind of ugly. It was kind of yeah. ugly. Yeah. But like, uh, there was a lot of field stuff that kept me engaged. Like Travis Kelsey, like well, damn near knocking <laughs> big red over. And what's his name? Greenlaw, like tearing his ACL, just entering the game. Like yeah. just weird freak stuff. Who was it that slapped that other dude in the helmet? Like, did you guys see that? Where I must've missed that. Oh God, he was 
I can't remember who it was, but he was getting signal. He was trying to signal the ref that this guy is grabbing onto my, my Jersey. And when the ref finally looked, then he just turned and slapped the guy in the face. And then he got the flag. Like, <laughs> there's just so many weird things in that game. It was, I found that to be more entertaining than like the first half itself, but it ended uh, on a cool note too. Yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of sloppy. There was a lot of jokes on Twitter about it being like a big 10 West game kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and I will say like, I just think the fact that everything turns into a political thing is so nauseating and, and tiring these days. So I don't, I don't see the issue with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. And my hot take on no. that one is, is this is not, you know, she, she is like, she is at the top of her, she's at the top of the universe, right? She's Elvis. She's yeah. Adele, Adele. Right. Like there's very few that you could like solo performers that you could compare her with. Like yeah. she is the top performer in all of music right now. And the fact she's not dating the quarterback of the New York Jets, oh, she's right. dating a, a tight end yeah. for yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs. Like yep. this, this should give tight ends hope everywhere. Yeah, right. It's kind of awesome. This, this, yep. It's awesome. This should give Midwesterners everywhere. Like we should all be embracing this sort of thing. Yeah. Like this for is sure. phenomenal. But like, also, like the we, the we other learn. the other good part of it is I think more people getting to realize that Jason Kelsey might be even cooler, maybe way cooler than Travis Kelsey. Like some of the stuff that I'd seen him like dancing at the club after the Super Bowl last night. And he's wearing like a luchador, like wrestling mask, like standing next to the DJ. And I think majority of men in this country, like I want to hang out with that guy. Seeing him, he go to the, the bills chiefs playoff game to cheer for his brother and yet still drink with the Bills fans in the parking lot. That was awesome. And then just his yeah. his full bore, like head-to-toe Chiefs outfit, including Chiefs overalls that he wore to the Super Bowl. Like, I want to party with Jason Kelsey. Yeah. And I saw this thing, too, that his wife, um, I don't know if she's from the Philly area, and that's where they met or what, but saw this video today where she was talking about She's an Eagles fan, and if Jason ever went to play for another team, she would wear something that said Kelsey, but she refuses to wear any other team's gear, which well, made sense because she was wearing a Cincinnati shirt at the Super Bowl. She's uh, never worn Chief stuff, even when she's there cheering on. Yeah, like, cheering on. Which Kelsey. I think is awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, awesome. that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, Philly fans, you cannot quite – I mean, Philadelphia sports fans, like a lot of them are insane. No, don't you mess can't, with You them. can't question their loyalty. You don't no. want to mess with them. Don't mess you with can't that. Question their yeah, they're loyal to <laughs> exactly loyal to the uh, loyal to a fault. Where they're you see breaking news story. I, I think that I think I just saw that guy spit on a child. Like <laughs> nuts. Yeah, I'm like the, the the movie Silver Linings Playbook is practically a, do- practically a documentary. Yeah. Um, and that one really, that one really does a good job of like capturing like Philly sports fans. Like, yeah, you want to talk about manic? My God, (laughs) exactly. What's the mom saying? We're gonna gonna make uh, homemade, homemade, homemade and crabby, crabby, crabby snacks or something. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) so great. All right, back to your regularly scheduled (laughs) programming. Uh, National Signing Day was Wednesday of last week, which was February 7th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, friend of the program, Zach Carpenter, will be on with us later this week. He is, uh, as as everyone knows, the Nebraska Rivals uh, recruiting site publisher. 
and has been on with us before. So he'll help us take a look at kind of a deeper dive at the Huskers 2024 recruiting class, which if just judging by what he's written and what he's put on social media, I think he's pretty high on the class. So uh, we won't go too deep into it right now, but wanted to get into some of the highlights. So, you know, there's a, there's three kind of main recruiting sites out there, rivals 247 and on three. And if you look at those kind of Oregon and Ohio state kind of led the way when it came to big 10 recruiting, they're in the top, I think, three to five of all the recruiting rankings I've seen. So, you know, not, not totally surprising. Oregon's kind of hitting on all cylinders as they're coming into the big 10. I mean, they're going to be a team to watch next year. Ohio state always cleans up when it comes to recruiting. So, so those are kind of your, your, you know, your big winners when it comes came to recruiting day, but sort of that next tier. And I would call it like not even tier two, I'd call it like one a, when it came to recruiting, the Huskers are in that mix. Okay. So in the rivals rankings, the Huskers are number 16 nationally. And you look at sort of some other big 10 teams, Michigan was number 13 nationally, Penn state's number 17, USC, 18, Wisconsin, 19. So a lot of those big name, big 10 programs that, you know, we want to be competing with and beating were right there in the mix with them and actually ahead of several of them. Um, in the 247 rankings, we're number 18 nationally. Penn State was 15, Michigan 16, USC 17. So kind of that 15 through 18, all Big Ten teams there, right in the mix with them. And then with on three, number 24 nationally. Um, I know nothing about what these guys look at for recruiting. That's obviously too low on three. Let's get it together, guys. <laughs> yeah, come, come on. on. <laughs> number, number 24, we're better than number 24, obviously. Um but I, and I think like, you know, a couple other big picture takeaway guys, uh, big picture takeaways, guys, we landed six of the top eight in-state recruits. I mean, it's always, always reassuring to keep, you know, that, that talent at home. And Coach Rule has been done a good job of that. Coach Ed Foley is the in-state guy. He's done, he does a good job as well. And then we had the number one recruits from multiple states. So we had the number one recruit in Nebraska, Carter Nelson, of course, the number one recruit out of Georgia, Dylan Riola. Number one recruit out of Iowa, Grant Bricks. Number one recruit out of Hawaii, Preston Taumua. Excuse me. Um, so anytime you're getting like that high level of recruit and you're getting a state's top recruit to leave that state and come to Nebraska is always a good thing. Um, we had five offensive linemen in this class, along with four guys listed as tight ends. That's the, They're not included with those five linemen. And then the previous year, we had four offensive linemen plus one more tight end in the 2023 class. So I think, you know, guys, kind of big picture takeaways for me are this is Coach Rule's second recruiting class, but his first kind of full, you know, the, the first one he put together when he only had a few months to put that one together, right? And then as he took over the job in the fall. Um, and so, but most of those guys from the 2023 class have stuck around. We haven't seen a bunch of exits to the transfer portal. And so, you know, my, my big picture takeaway is if you can keep these two, his first two classes together, right? That's a really solid foundation of a ton of talent, right? And also, and we've talked about this before, really building up the lines, offensive line, defensive line, which you have to do to win in the Big Ten. So I'm really excited about this class. I'm excited to hear what Zach Carpenter has to say about it. But I think more than anything is – it had just felt like, I think with Frost and Riley, we'd get guys to commit and then they decommit at the last minute, or we'd get them to commit yeah. and they'd come on campus and we'd lose them, you know, 
halfway through the season or after year one or two. That's going on a lot in college football now. Like we're not throwing stones here. It could still happen with Coach Rule. But so far, not only is he bringing in good classes, he's building a culture to where these guys want to stick around and be a part of what he's building. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Definitely encouraging, I think. I mean, if we can consistently be in that top 20, top 25 range and pair that with, like you said, the culture that rules already set up here and the development that I think they're going to do a lot better job than, than prior staffs did. It's very promising. And uh, just another thing to generate some more hope, which we know we, we love hope. I I like the numbers that we're seeing here, guys. I was (laughs) looking at this and I really like these numbers. These are good numbers. (laughs) So I'm really happy about that. That's that's so great to hear, Jeffrey. Uh, that's our uh, in-house recruiting effort Je- expert, Jeff Langenberg, yeah. weighs in on the numbers. <laughs> like these numbers. Love For the real. numbers. These are great <laughs> numbers. Are great Excellent numbers. numbers. I love the numbers we're seeing here. <laughs> these are outstanding numbers, everyone. You're you're um, right though. Like for real, Tej. Like I do remember. Like you brought up Frost. I'm not gonna. I won't dog on him at all. But I do remember. It just seemed like in our group of people, whenever. It did seem like it was always there was some sort of negative news, like somebody would come and commit or be here and then we would lose them. And it was almost like commonplace now. And maybe it's because we started doing this podcast, but maybe it's because of the podcast. I feel like all it is has been lately is just good news, which is just awesome. So that means that the people behind the scenes, Coach Rule and everybody there, um, they're they're doing work and they're getting it done. So it's nice to see results um, and people sticking to – sticking their guns and doing what they're supposed to be doing. So it's pretty sweet. Yeah. That's a great call, Jeff. And the other thing that would happen, I feel like not just Frost, but some of the other recent coaching staffs would, we'd get a big name recruiter. We'd get somebody that we were really excited about. And then you'd never hear from them for four years. And then like, even the ones that did stay, it was like, they're walking on senior day and you're like, Oh yeah. What happened to that guy? <laughs> yeah. Why didn't, be, why didn't he ever play? There'd be, yeah. Why he'd be, a, just, they'd be a backup to like a guy from Humphrey St. Francis or something. That's like beat yeah. him out for the starting job. Like, right. And yeah. I think already, like you look at Prince Will Uman Mielen and Cam Lenhart, two freshman All-Americans who played on the defensive line, which is not an easy place to play early, guys. The D-line right. in, in a man's league like the Big Ten. Um, you look at Jalen Lloyd, who was not highly recruited, but they saw something they liked and he was an immediate contributor on that team. And, and they're really excited about him moving forward. So I just think there's a lot of good signs about they're not afraid to play guys early they're clearly good at developing these guys they'll put if you earn it man i mean if you that's the other thing i think if you show out and you show like you belong you're going to get on the field and you're going to get a chance to play it doesn't matter if you're a freshman doesn't matter if you're a walk-on whatever um doesn't matter how many recruiting stars you had so these guys are confident in their ability to assess talent and and they're going to give guys opportunities so i think there's just a lot to like about that but what you just said though too that that um kind of also plays into guys not wanting to leave they're like well i worked my butt off and i did get a chance right and i did get on the field so why would i go somewhere else like i'm already i've already got my foot in the door here so it it all come it all goes together it all goes together that's all beautiful and the numbers (laughs) i love these numbers (laughs) and these numbers these are good numbers great numbers numbers. great numbers numbers Um, Coach Rule gave a far, you know, a, a press conference where he t- talked about a wide range of a far. I wanted to say far reaching. I'm not figuring out how to fit it in there, but it covered a wide range of topics. 
A um, couple other highlights, guys. We talked about the uh, the, the fancy cars thing, uh, designer cars, and the Coach Prime thing. Um, another thing I got asked about, so Coach Satterfield, offensive coordinator, is still going to call plays. So recall, Glenn Thomas was hired away from the Pittsburgh Steelers to be the quarterback's coach and the co-offensive coordinator. So everyone was kind of wondering, well, is Glenn Thomas going to call plays now? Um, Satterfield will still call plays. So I guess, you know, you got you to temper the good news somehow. <laughs> I mean, uh, pipe, oh. in the, pipe in the Price is Right horn there, TJ. You can't have it all, guys. Oh. Just when we thought we were turning the corner. Yeah. Um, just kidding. Okay, so here's, here's, here's a, th- a food for thought. Um, uh, something I want to ask you guys, uh, just, just, just devil's advocate, whatever you want to call it. Is it time to give coach Satterfield another chance? So one thing I will say is I think our biggest frustration last year with him was he would call plays that he believed would work and on paper, perhaps they would work, but Mm -hmm. we would get frustrated because like, okay, you can't expect Harburg, who's a warrior and a wonderful athlete and a great talent but you can't expect him to make this back shoulder throw on third and five for instance or you know purdy's in for the first time all year he leads the team down the field against maryland don't like do no harm get points instead of having him throw some corner fade route whatever that was to the end zone and throw an interception so our biggest frustration was not well this is a bad play design or whatever we're not experts on that stuff but it was clear like you don't have the personnel for this stuff stop trying to force the issue so food for like a thought experiment dylan riola as a true freshman is even average to slightly above average as a quarterback he's got a lot more weapons around him now in some of these wide receivers we brought in new running back from oregon some a fresh infusion of talent of both transfers and freshmen, is it time to give uh, Satterfield another chance? Is it like, dare we hope a little bit that with sort of an upgrade in talent that maybe the product on the field will look better? I think there's some cautious optimism that needs to uh, be had. Um, I'm, I'm willing to say, okay, let's see what he can do with, uh, with a little bit more in the cupboard. And mm-hmm. yeah, maybe less opportunities for him to try to go square peg, round hole, uh, go uh, big brain OC on us. Um, so yeah, I think we, I you know, now if we if it's we're four or five games in, and we're seeing some of the same shit, like okay, we've seen this movie before, Sat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're you're gonna be flying a plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong if we don't clean it up. exactly exactly and i'm also i'm i'm encouraged so glenn thomas with the co-oc tag will help this they say he will help design plays and i guess garrett mcguire is going to help design plays as well the the Mm -hmm. uh, 16 year old uh, wide receivers coach um that's a joke he's very young but he's actually proving himself to be quite a good coach um but i don't know if mcguire did that last year or not but i think just like a fresh set of eyes a fresh set of a guy who brings in ex- other experiences and other philosophies in sort of the play design and the game planning going into a game can only help as well. So Glenn Thomas will be involved in that sort of thing. And you guys know how that goes. Like you can get on the headset and say, Hey, Sat, what about this? So maybe he's not calling a play. Yeah. Hey, Sat, here, here's what I'm seeing from where I'm from my vantage point. Let's try this. Or here's what, yeah. you know, 
here's what Raiola is telling me on the ground. Let's try this kind of thing. Yeah, so, like, hey, di- like, like the thing, like, like for for Thomas, it'll be like, hey, hey, Dylan can make that throw. Or if it's McGuire, he's like, hey, my guy can run this route. He'll burn his guy every single time. Though, yeah. you know, that team approach, I think, is something that um, absolutely you have to take advantage of. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty. You know, that's it. That's just something to watch. I think. I yeah. think it's it's something. You know, yeah. it, it could just be that it's February. And we're getting excited for spring ball and we yeah. are at the point where we could talk ourselves into anything, but I do think, I mean, the offense has to get better. It can't get any worse. If, TJ. if we want to, if we want to take a leap, like we think we are capable of the offense has to get better. End yeah. of story. Yeah. Um, one other thing from the press conference guys that I thought was funny. Um, again, we're not experts on the rules here, but basically by kickoff in August, you can only have 85 scholarship guys and the Huskers currently have about 4,732. <laughs> like they have a, not really, they have like 115 or 125 or something crazy number of guys on scholarship now. And so coach rule said that people stop him on the street and say, uh, quote, I have people stop me on the street and they're like, coach, how are you, how are you going to do this scholarship wise? It will happen. Don't worry. I know what I'm doing. Unquote. Um, so that's just kind of funny. I think, Obviously, Coach Rule is more dialed into this than anybody. I think we just need to trust him. There's a couple of different things that can happen here. You can have guys. He probably knows of some guys who maybe are going to leave after spring ball. Maybe they're going to retire from football. Maybe they're going to transfer to another program. The other thing is with NIL now, you can basically ensure guys get NIL deals that pay them enough to cover tuition and then and then some and then have some money in their pocket, too. So yeah. I would assume there's going to be some yeah. of that going on as well. I would assume so, too. Interesting. I just think, uh, but yeah. the funny part about that to me too is like, and may, and I'm sure there's other, you know, rabid fan bases out there, but like Nebraska fans are just so plugged in, like, and it's like, of course, yeah. they're like, okay, this is going really great, but what's the catch? <laughs> Where are things going to go wrong here? <laughs> but but we've also, all, we've got also too like, many guys now. You know, he's not getting stopped on the street and ask like a big picture question about the quarterback situation right. or, or the offense or the defense. It's like all these Husker fans are well aware that we're over the scholarship limit. It keeps them <laughs> up at night. This? They want to make sure he's on top. Did you know this coach? Have you been watching this coach? They're breaking news to him. <laughs> clearly you need me, Johnny on the street. You need me to tell you this to make sure you're aware of it. I think one of these times he should just break down and just start like take his hat off and start rubbing his head and be like, "Oh shit! Uh, Wait, are you man. serious? Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa, whoa. Uh, Say that again. Serious? We've got to cut forty guys, <laughs> but sell it. Like, don't even joke about. It. Act like he's legit. Yeah, and then just and then just walk away. Just run, walk away like run, shaking your head, like sprint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to get Satterfield and Tony White on the line here. We've got to get going here. Oh my gosh. All right, fellas. Um, other big news, not out of Husker Nation, but in the Big Ten. Uh, UCLA coming to the Big Ten this year. Their head coach of the last several years, Chip Kelly, leaves UCLA to take the job of offensive coordinator at Ohio State. So he takes a demotion so he can go to Ohio State and call plays. Um, I don't know if that's a testament to where UCLA is as a program. Chips, Chips is, you know, he's his own guy, right? Yeah. And so oh, I, totally. I could see him being a guy 
that's sort of fed up with the new world of college football and not wanting to deal with NIL and not wanting to deal with transfer portal. He's an offensive genius. He loves designing and calling plays. So it could be as simple as he's probably got enough money to last him the rest of his life. It's probably as simple as, look, I love football. I want to coach football. I'm not dealing with the rest of this crap. I can go to Ohio state and call plays and compete for a national championship. It's probably that simple, but just fascinating that he's willing to um, John Canzano a PAC 12 reporter in one of his latest newsletters about chip said that the last time he talked to chip uh, he told him, you know, he and his wife live on the beach in LA. So you're, wa you're walking away from palm trees yeah, and, right. and your beach house to go to, and Columbus is a fine town. There's nothing wrong with Columbus and Ohio state's a top program. All you know, I'm not saying that they're moving to, you know, South Bend or somewhere crappy like that, Jeff. Whoa, 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 um, but, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. but <laughs> take it easy. That's right. That's right. Shots um, but uh, just, I mean, he's, he's at the peak of his profession. Like he, if he didn't want that job, I'm sure he could have gotten another head coaching job. I have no doubt about that. And he takes yeah. an OC job. Yeah. That is I think it's, I think it does. It speaks to, I think, I don't know about where UCLA is, but maybe how much they care um about football i mean they care enough to go to the big 10 but they also are they kind of going because big brother across town usc yeah. is going and they want to stick with them because they know that like that's what's probably what's best for them mm -hmm. um but like now like ucla is hiring deshaun foster which is like you know for kind of what from from what i've seen and read is kind of speaks to what i just said like they're Number one, there's not that many guys that are out there available. But number two, I'd seen that they don't have the money to spend on a coach that that they probably should. I mean, yeah. you know, so, so you're hiring you're hiring a, a guy that played running back for you who who, to my knowledge, I don't think Deshaun Foster has any head coaching experience. I don't think he's even um, been a court a coordinator. Right. So really? yeah, I think it does speak to like okay where UCLA it, it kind of is and where Ohio State is. I mean, this is, but also there's the Ryan Day factor there too, right? Yeah, Chip Chip coached him at New Hampshire, right? Yeah, way way back in the day. Yeah, so there's um, probably you know the, the getting the boys back together kind of thing sounds kind of fun. I'm sure too to Chip. Yeah, um, well, and also also of interest to Husker Nation is Tony White was. I believe heavily considered for that job. Yes. yes. Um, he he's a UCLA be. guy. Yeah. And so it's interesting to me that they didn't go with a proven coordinator. And yeah. what, so I don't know if there's something going on there. If there's a, like, you know, they, they shouldn't have budget issues in the years to come moving to the big 10 and getting that big paycheck, but maybe there's issues with the athletic department budget right now, or that's I, I don't know I what imagine. like there, yeah. there is no other explanation for but, that. But Hey, I mean, you know, Bottom lining this, and I think we're going to get to this. Um, so maybe I'm speaking out of, out of school or out of turn here. Um, no such thing. But this is this is good. This is good for Nebraska. I mean, yes, we've talked we talked about again. I'm going to reference our episode with Charlie, which is a great one. Common fans, if you haven't listened to that one yet, the way too early season prediction. UCLA coming to Lincoln on a November second on a Saturday yeah. Saturday November second Saturday in November. These West Coast kids coming to Lincoln, Nebraska in November with a first-year head coach, a first-time head coach. So yeah. that bodes well. Like, that looks good on paper to me right now. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, sure. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Jeff, maybe Deshaun is the uh, second coming of Coach Prime, only for, for L.A. and, and mm -hmm. University yeah. of uh, 
California, Coach Los Fernandez Angeles, <laughs> uh, hail to Westwood. Um, but I don't know. I don't see it. I, I don't see it. So good, good news for the Huskers. Well, Definitely. and that's, Definitely we've talked hit. about, we've talked about this before. I'm really looking forward guys to when we get excited to play the best teams because yep. we too are one of the best teams and we want to beat and can expect to beat the best teams. When we met, went to the big 10 coming off of back-to-back big 12 championship game appearances in 09 and 2010. And the program was in much better shape. I remember being excited. Let's go beat Michigan. Let's go beat Ohio state. We don't, we're not waiting our turn. Yeah. Like we're going to, we're going to compete with the big boys here. And of course it hasn't played out like that. So I am looking forward to being like that again. In the meantime, however, <laughs> uh, this disruption and dare we say dysfunction uh, at UCLA, who's on the Huskers schedule this year is great for the Huskers. Absolutely. And we, yeah. and we will take whatever help we can get in, any in, in, this, in yeah, the 2020 yep. season of our Lord, 2024. We will take whatever help we can get. That's right. hundred percent. Give us all the breaks. We have, God knows we haven't gotten a lot of breaks the last 15 years or so. That's right. And the way this schedule sets up, the most winnable games are on the front end of the schedule. That's the first seven games. Then we got Ohio state and then we have UCLA after that. Mm-hmm. So that's eight out of the first nine games are games that if we're not favored, they'll be pretty, probably within three points one way they're or the win- other. They're winnable. Yeah. Yeah. They're all winnable. Um, so I don't know. We'll just see. Check out the way too early season <laughs> prediction, common fans. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. We got one more thing to cover here. Um, Kyle G, Husker Kyle, reached out to us again. We always love it when the common fans reach out with thoughts or questions or input. So thanks to Lucas for emailing about the Valentino's ice cream. Thanks. Whatever, to Husker, Luke. Thanks to Husker Kyle. Out of you, Luke. <laughs> thanks to Husker Kyle for, for uh, sending this email that I am about to read. He's always got ideas about um, sort of changes that could be made to college football. So this is another fun one, but before we get to that, you guys got anything else, anything else I forgot, anything else you want to cover? Um. Uh, yeah, real quick. I have, uh, we're, we're getting to that time of year where things you start to feel a little bit of magic in the air and is it because of valentine's day no jeff it's not because of valentine's, valentine's day. day is this week TJ. no uh, jeff. Yeah, the, an- the anniversary the anniversary no proposal, what i'm jeff. talking about is like i'm watching i was watching <laughs> the, i was watching the uh waste management open this weekend and we got the super bowl so that means march madness is getting closer baseball season's getting closer and when when those things happen Okay, we've got the March Madness, we've got the Masters, baseball season, and then it just takes us right into summer, guys. Yeah. Which, which yeah. you know, we're going to be outside more, we play some golf, and the next mm-hmm. thing you know, fall camp is starting. And that means yes. football season's back. So this is all just kind of like yeah, slowly, we're slowly getting closer and closer. And it's, you got you to take advantage of these other things, you know, get, you know, yeah. March Madness, golf, baseball, all those things. But they just lead us beautifully, naturally, right back into football season. Yeah, I love, I love how spring ball hasn't even started, and like we're already basically to fall camp. Yeah, it's the day, it's the day <laughs> after the NFL season ended. Come <laughs> no, hey. over here before we know it. No, college football's been over for a month. A month, Jeff. You know how <laughs> bad my withdrawals have been on Saturday night when there's no freaking Pac-12 after dark on. Yeah, well, and there's, I'm like a junkie over here. <laughs> there's um. It's so true. I play these mental games too. And like, whenever we get to Memorial day, 
like I always have this feeling of like I feel like the allies like on D-Day plus like two weeks. Like yeah. we've we've like we've we've landed and we've made we've we've taken some ground. Yeah. Right? Like we've we've fought hard and we've gotten to Memorial Day and now we've only got three more months before football season starts. So we, we're making we're like we've yeah. made some progress on the way to Berlin and you know we're getting there. We're getting yeah, there. So I know absolutely. I always do these like mental gym and then you get to the 4th of July and it's like, oh my gosh, like fall camp is next month. And I know exactly what you're, I always do yeah. these mental gymnastics as well. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Email from Husker Kyle. He says he proposes that FBS programs be given the option of playing an exhibition non-conference game against either an FBS or FCS opponent at the end of spring football. So you already see this. Uh, other Husker teams have done it in the off season. Volleyball has done it, baseball, softball. Kyle contends football should be no different. This could be an opportunity to play, say, a Kansas or a Kansas State in an exhibition game. That would be very popular and a lot of fun for the fan base. Um, you know, he says whether it be a home or a road game, there would be a lot of revenue. Uh, he, he rightly points out if it's in Lincoln, you'd probably sell it out. If it's on the road, you'd see thousands of Husker games traveling. And his his suggestion is not to do away with the spring game. We would still do the red-white game as well. And then maybe like separated by a couple of weeks, you'd do this um, sort of non-conference exhibition game. Um, now he goes on to say, I consider the idea of having the game count towards a team's fall record and not be an exhibition game. However, I'm not there yet. I like the incremental step of first doing it as an exhibition and seeing if it catches on. Uh, playing two spring games would create more fan interest and maybe an incentive for players competing for a roster spot not to transfer over the winter and instead stay and have the opportunity to compete in these two spring games. Um, let's see. There are a lot of details to work out in this proposal, but the, I definitely, the idea would definitely enhance fan interest in the spring for Husker football. What do you guys think about this? I, um, on the surface, I like it. The only, I don't know. I hate to be the Debbie downer or the turd in the punch bowl, but uh, you are, you are it's fine. injuries or what my injuries would be so my only hang that, up is if oh, somebody exactly, got hurt. That's exactly like what I was going to say is would they view this as like right for an injury, like a preseason football game where, we're going to we'll play this game, but we're not going to have anybody, any starters participate. Or if they did participate, I don't think the other team's going to play soft. You know what I mean? If any, <laughs> if anything about exhibitions, I've learned, if you've watched any Rocky movie, something terrible is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be I an exhibition. <laughs> <laughs> so for that reason, uh, I, in, I don't. I don't know if Carl I'm. On, yeah, exactly. Yes, rest in Carl peace, Carl I don't Weathers. know if I'm on board. I mean, shit. They even had the exhibition with uh, Rocky and Hulk Hogan in three, didn't they? That was like Thunderlips. Thunderlips. Yeah, <laughs> it, it never ends well. I feel like it just exhibitions just never really end well. So yeah, for that reason, yeah. I, I I might not be a hundred percent on board with this. But again, kind of like Kyle G said, there's things that probably need to be worked out. So it's not a terrible idea, but I just don't think I'm there yet. It would definitely would be a revenue producer, um, yeah, definitely. but maybe that's the way you do it. Jeff is you, you say, okay, you know, these eight or nine guys aren't going to play because we don't want them to get hurt, but that gives a chance for the younger guys to, to do something, get some reps. 
I mean, mm-hmm. we always worry about, okay, we want so-and-so to play in the four games, but keep the red shirt. Like maybe that's a way for them to get some, some yeah. pub, get, get some pub and, and, uh, and get on the field and show True. people what they can do. I don't know. I, yeah. I gotta, I gotta be honest with you guys, Kyle, we love you. We appreciate your contributions to the show. Please keep sending them common fan, gmail.com for all common fans. I, I don't think I'm down with this one. Um, I'm going to share an opinion that you guys may disagree with, may not. I don't think this will be as controversial as my anti-Turkey on Thanksgiving opinion. That's pretty um, controversial. It's yeah. stupid. But, but um, <laughs> I don't think this will be <laughs> eat shit, Jeff. Um, so um, just dry, tasteless, flavorless turkey. Put some okay, great anyway. pivoting stuff. Are you saying? Are you, you saying? Like the, are, you, are you saying the exhibition? spring college football game is also dry and flavorless. No, no, no. What I'm saying is like, okay, when spring ball rolls around every year, I get really excited. I love spring ball because you have practice reports. You have coaches interviewing regularly. You're getting new information about the team. You're learning about guy how this year, especially everyone's going to be on Riola watch. How does he look every, like his, every move is going to be examined and we'll all be eating that stuff up. So there's a ton of value in spring ball. I love spring ball. I can't get into the spring game. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care about a scrimmage. Nothing to me can replace the 12 games that matter in the fall. Nothing. You don't get that feeling anywhere else and nothing can replace it. And so if you add, you know, even if it's like a Missouri or a Kansas state or one of these old, you know, long time opponents from the, old days to me one it doesn't count it won't count towards your record I mean, kyle and i don't like the idea of doing it someday making it count no. for the record in the fall the, the fall season the fall season that's the way it's got to be um so it won't count one and then two if you do have to sit 25 guys because they're injured or because you want to rest them or whatever and you lose to one of those second-rate programs, I don't want to hear it from their fan bases because they will treat it like the Super Bowl. And for us, it'll be an yeah. afterthought. Yeah. So I don't I don't want to hear that garbage from them. Um, I just don't – I guess I guess I just don't see how they would treat it anywhere different from the spring game where, you know, Coach Rule – I mean, they played a real spring game last year, and Coach Rule's have been more physical um, – but you still, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember. I actually don't remember. But don't they still have quarterbacks in green jerseys? No contact. Yeah. You know, you're sitting guys, and you should you you should take all precautions to either yeah. recover from injuries or avoid injuries. That's how you should do it. Yeah. In the spring because there, so I just I I love like, I love the like I love the, the spirit. I love the spirit behind the idea. Yeah. Like I, I do think Husker fans would appreciate it and enjoy it. But for me, it's an exhibition. I just don't, I couldn't get excited about it. And you risk injuries, like you guys said. So I, mm-hmm. I, you know, if I, if this is Shark Tank, Kyle, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mr. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I get that 100%. And as, as far as the, your, I think you've got some really good points there. To me, the spring game is just about people having a chance to go to the stadium. Yeah, you know, and it's like, you know, kids get in for free. It's for the people that have a million kids like myself. It's a chance for you to bring all your kids to the stadium and not have to worry about do I need to leave early? Because so because little Sally's freaking out and blah, blah, blah. Um, That's to me. That's what it's for. It's a chance people put on their Husker gear and go to the stadium in April 
and get that get that little taste that little taste That's, of yeah, being, exactly in, right. being in the old the old gal uh the old gray lady on 10th and vine uh just to kind of hold you over for a few months is that's yeah. what it is because the football's never good. I mean, yeah, right. it's exciting when we got a new quarterback or something. So that part's fun. You want to see him make a couple of good throws, but mm-hmm. you know, I'll now it's on TV. It seems like every year. So it's like, you know what? I'll record it and watch it so I can fast forward to the commercials and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah def- it's exciting. I'm excited about it, but just like you said, TJ, it's more about spring practice and figuring out, okay, who's, who's looking good in spring ball. And yeah. And how are these new guys? Because the early enrollee part too has made it a yeah, little bit totally. more exciting, at least the spring yeah. ball. Um, so yeah, I get that 100 percent When we don't so the common fan podcast, if we were voting, we'd probably say, you know what? Fun idea, but we're gonna we're all gonna I think we would all pass, unless Jeff thinks we should do we should no, do. I'd I'd pass. It's it's similar to like the Pro Bowl for me. Like you yeah. just don't care. It's just it's 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 something to have on, but it's just something that I'm not that into. Yeah. You know? I don't even think the players are that into it either, to be quite honest with you. So it's, it's, it's an event. It's a show. I used to go back in the day for that exact reason, Matt, just to get together with friends and go down there in April when you're just looking for anything to do. Right. Because college football is still quite a bit of ways away. And I think, I feel like it lost me probably in the the first year of the Callahan era because we brought in this whole new offensive scheme and like I remember like I was there like they the first play was this this big like production of people moving bunch around of, in the bunch of preset motion yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> and everyone's like oh yeah and we complete like this huge pass We're like this is it we have what we need to be the biggest <laughs> thing in sports history and then went on to be what we became from there under the Callahan era. And it, I think that's where I was kind of like, I'm not sold on the spring game anymore. That was, that was all show. So it's good enough for what it was. No. Yeah. It's an, it's an, it's an excuse for people to go down there and, and it's for, especially for the kid, you know, the young folks in their twenties, it's a, it's an excuse for them to day drink. hundred percent. Because the young folks in their forties would never do that. Yeah, no, 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 I never. <laughs> Notre Dame spring game. My dad DVRs that every year. Somehow he gets his hand on that. So we do analyze that and we take that very, very seriously because um, nobody well, can televise that. Is that on? Is that <laughs> yeah, on? Is do. that on Peacock? Yeah. It might be on like NBC Sports, but yeah, we get our hands on it. NBC so. Sports. I didn't think that existed anymore. Yeah, you know, it's still no. there. Why don't you? It? Why don't you and Larue just enjoy that and and not to, not leave us alone about it? That's not an yeah. exhibition. That's real football. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, we covered a lot of ground uh, this evening. Do you guys have uh, have anything else for the common fans out there? Uh, what are we doing for Valentine's Day, fellas? What's going down? I got a work trip. Not a damn oh, thing. Okay. Nothing. The, the wife and I are going out to dinner the day, the day after Valentine's Day. You I know, it. it's okay, like going out on it's go. like it's like going out on New Year's Eve. Um, you know, it's we like one of the poor, one of the poor many common wives. No, one of the, exactly. One of the many reasons I love my wife so much is because she doesn't give two hoots about Valentine's Day and she's mm-hmm. not into it. I don't we don't even really do cards anymore. I think we used to do small gifts or cards or something. So um, okay. it's just it's a manufactured Hallmark holiday and everyone knows it. And, um, you know, we show our love for each other 365 days out of the year, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you need one day? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
So yeah, not not doing much on this end. Jeff, what are your plans? You seem very excited. Yeah, about you're real excited, plans? Jeff. Are you like putting rose petals on the on the bed? And <laughs> you know, are you cooking? Are you cooking, cooking for sort of, for your uh, wife uh, wearing a wearing only exactly. wearing only an apron? Making a four pound chuck roast. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just I'm, I'm your wife. Chuck roast, uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, uh, might uh, you know make some beef tips. I feel like we shouldn't be talking about this stuff in Valentine's Day because I feel like there's a lot of like innu innuendo. <laughs> Absolutely. Potential for innuendo. I love you, baby. Here's some beef tips for you. <laughs> oh, my mm. Lord. Okay. I'm we've got to up here. Yeah, we've got to, yeah. I'm sorry you asked too, Jeff. Yeah. Hey, I we haven't have started the common fan after dark yet. That's we've got a little thing, <laughs> that's things the, to iron yeah, out before yeah, we do common fan after dark. That's a whole different podcast. That's for a whole right. different demographic. That's yeah. exactly right. All right, children. <laughs> All right, common fans. Well, enjoy that Valentine's Day, whatever you do. Uh, hopefully, we keep this the good. Even though signing day is over now, uh, spring ball will be upon us before we know it. So, um, hopefully, we keep the good news coming um, just uh, week after week here in Husker Nation. So. Thanks for joining us for another one, Common Fans. We'll be back at you later this week. In the meantime, as always, GBR for life.